Blog Talk Radio. Coming up on this show, we review and we troubleshoot mystical meditation. Welcome to the Fourfold Path and Dr. Michael Leike's spiritual tools and technologies that will increase the quality of your life. to continue with our topic of mystical meditation, one of the spiritual technologies and probably the most important spiritual technology of the, uh, of the three and of the series, it's sort of going to be a recap of what we spoke about, but we're going to get really specific uh, the show. So let's take you through the whole process, and I want to share with you as well some very famous and not so famous other meditative techniques. If you've done your research or read my books, you're very, very aware of uh, outer closure um, techniques, for example. You're very familiar with Western meditation. That is to say visualization following, you know, walking down a path or going into a castle and all that sort of thing. But as you've grown to realize, especially from reading my books and watching the series, Eastern meditation, mystical or higher consciousness or contact meditation is completely different. Um, For one thing, the mandate is completely different. It's for divine contact, for cozying up with God, for developing a a closeness or, if you will, a relationship with God. So let me take you through very basic steps uh, just so that you can triple check and see that if you're doing this correctly, A, Um, what you should feel or not be feeling, and then the results, short-term and long-term. So, you're going to sit, generally speaking, very comfortable in an upright chair so that your body is about 90 degrees, so your back is very straight, and that your legs, let's say we're watching um, a picture sideways, a person sideways, straight back, 90 degrees are their legs, and the knees uh, from the legs down, knees and legs down, also straight about 90 degrees and you can just sit like that have a pillow behind your back have a pillow under your rear end if you want however and whatever makes you feel comfortable so that you know you're going to sit there endlessly you're not going to worry about shifting around or feeling uncomfortable physically etc so let's say you're sitting in this position we call it uh, I call it sitting with your back straight to facilitate the flow of kundalini energy up your spine. If you ascribe to uh, Eastern philosophies and beliefs, then theoretically, once your rear end starts to heat up, then the kundalini begins to rise from the base chakra, if you will, or the earth-related chakra, and it's twin serpentine energies theoretically, that rise up, they intertwine and rise up your spine, activating each chakra. If you don't want to go that deeply or think that deeply about it, research it, Google it, but for now we're just going to sit, just like so. Now, a very traditional way is to sit like this with your, with your hands placed on your lap or on each leg, one on each leg, and these are called mudras. 
Not going to go into detail as well about what mudras are, M-U-D-R-A or M-U-D-R-A-S. Look it up, Google that. Um, it's very Buddhist and uh, everything means something. There's an intention behind each mudra, if you will. So that's not what we're doing. We're sitting very simply, and if you feel comfortable to connect your thumb and forefinger, that's great. If you don't, just sit with your palms up for sure, regardless, on each leg, on your thigh, if you will. If you feel more comfortable, or if this suits you better, um, put one hand, and it doesn't matter. I know esoterics um, uh, or, or people into New Age or who knows what, they're going to say, oh, you should put your right hand in your left hand, or you should put your left hand in your doesn't matter. We're not setting any intentions. So whichever feels right, whichever feels comfortable, let your the back of one hand fall into the cradle of the other hand in your lap. And if you want, you can ascribe to the Buddhist belief of kind of tilting your head a little bit so that your chin is kind of tighter to your chest. That's, again, just to get your head aligned with your spine, just to get it as kind of straight as possible without tilting it forward or tilting it back. That's up to you. So you're sitting comfortably, each hand or each palm, palm up on your thighs, each thigh. And now we deviate. We're going to uh, very briefly cover um, some traditional ways and we're, we're going to go um, and discuss my way, which is a culmination, a combination of everything. So you're sitting at this point. And some esoteric Buddhists, they believe you should half close your eyes. That's so not to allow too much light in and not to allow too much light out, but half open and gaze a few feet in front of you at a spot on the floor. Or if you have a table in front of you at a spot on the table. And just become aware of your breathing, not forcing it, but suddenly becoming aware, oh, my lungs, they're functioning independently of myself consciously. They seem to be as a billows. You become aware that your lungs are opening and closing, opening and closing. And if you focus thusly on a point a few feet ahead of you, with your eyes half closed, you'll begin to enter meditative state or altered state. This is also a self-hypnotic technique. So the Buddhists, the ancient sages and, and wise people, they, they knew what they were doing. They automatically put themselves into altered state so that they could make divine contact, essentially, and eventually. So this is a way. And if you get distracted, either with your thoughts or outside sounds, just take a breath and continue focusing on that spot in front of you and your lungs rhythmically billowing in and out. And that's great. That's one technique. It's very traditional. Another technique, less physically comfortable, but very, very ancient and very traditional as well, is, um, so you're sitting in the same position that we just discussed, with your back straight and all that, and your feet either planted firmly on the ground or your ankles crossed. I like to think that if your feet are planted firmly on the ground, then you're more grounded to the earth, to Mother Earth. But uh, again, this is my personal preference. 
Um, you can also um, cross your feet at the ankles, but some people believe that you're disrupting energy flow or chi or key flow. So I would avoid that, but it does feel comfortable. Whatever makes you feel comfortable, sit that way, as previously discussed. And gently closing your eyes, gaze in upon the brow or third eye area. And people who are not used to this, they'll feel a little bit physically uncomfortable. Their eyes will strain a little bit. This is what you want. Over time, it'll become easier to look up into your third eye or brow area. And again, become aware of your lungs. Become aware of the sacred breath going in and out. For me, this is how I've been meditating. This is one of the techniques for, oh boy, since around 1989, so however many years that is, um, probably more than 25 years, uh, I think, yes, closer to 30 years. And I've grown to condition myself to be able to do this anywhere with my eyes open. So let's say I'm driving a, a car, I'm going to a destination. Well, I'm actually, even though I'm looking ahead and I'm aware of everything around me, I'm also somewhere in the back of my mind focusing up upon my brow or third eye area and my breath. And I'm actually following my breath as I'm driving and it makes for a really relaxing drive. Sometimes you'll miss your mark. You know that, um, uh, that cliche where um, you know, you drive past your destination, you must have been hypnotized or something. Well, you, you were. Um, but if you've been meditating long enough, i.e. years, you'll transcend that and there'll be an actual greater awareness of things around you, even though you're in meditative state, driving or otherwise. So you'll be able to anticipate intuitively what's down the road, what's around you, that sort of thing. Don't try it right away. You have to be meditating for many years in order to achieve that a sense of intuition and feeling. Um, so, back to the breath, focusing on the breath, focusing on the third eye area. Let's add another component, which is very traditional as well. While you're doing this, with eyes gently shut, gazing in upon the brow or third eye area, becoming aware of your breathing, put your tongue, the tip of your tongue, to the roof of your mouth on your palate, just behind your teeth. There's a bit of an indentation there. In traditional Chinese medicine, and um, from which many, many disciplines came forth, such as Tai Chi, Qigong, Shaolin Cardio Kickboxing, Gung Fu or Kung Fu or Kung Fu, um, everything, we won't even get into that, just Google um, Tai Chi if you want, um, or Eastern uh, spirituality. Um, there's a belief system in acupuncture and acupressure that if you block that spot, it's called the Hanyin spot, it's not spelled like that, it's spelled H-U-I, but it's pronounced Han Yin, um, Y-I-N, right behind your teeth, if you rest your tongue there, and if you close at first gently and firmly your anal sphincter area, Women refer to this as Kegel exercises. Men just say, okay, I'm tightening myself up down there. If you do that during meditation, 
there's the belief that you won't lose essential qi or qi. There's the belief in traditional Chinese medicine that's thousands of years old that you won't lose energy, that you'll build up a reserve and you'll get stronger on so many levels, eventually achieving immortality. This is up to you, but I, I needed to share that with you. Um, otherwise, I'd feel remiss like I didn't give you all the information. So you can include it or not as part of your regimen. Even if you just sit with your eyes gently shut, gazing in upon the brow or third eye area, becoming aware of your breathing, and following it, and if you kind of lose your way, take a breath, and continue. And you can do this as long as you want. If you want to time it for a sense of self-discipline, um, have a watch in front of you or a clock, and just sit and do this. And when you feel ready to look down at the clock or at the watch, I think you'll be surprised how long you've been sitting there doing this. Another trick or another way to get into meditating for a long time uh, or a great length of time is to count. And I know many spiritual teachers, many gurus, they share this, they, they teach this. And you can do it. I sometimes teach my students this, depending on where they are in their spirituality and discipline. So again, for example, closing your eyes, gazing in upon the brow or third eye area, becoming aware of your breathing. With the inhalation, when you feel that you're breathing in, count one. On the exhalation, two. One, two. One, Two. It's almost as if you're creating a pendulum. So it'll create a self-hypnotic effect even more. You've got several focal points now. You've got looking at your brow area, you know, or third eye. You've got the counting one, two, one, two. If you want to achieve um, a greater length of time, a good trick is to count to ten. In, one, out, two. In, three, out, four. In five, out six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and then start again. One, two, three, four, and so forth. So don't force your breath, but just when you feel it going in, count one. On the exhale, two all the way up to 10, and then start again. Again, after you've done this a few times, I think if you open your eyes gently and, and look at a clock or a watch, you'll go, holy Toledo, I've been, I've been doing this for 10, 20 minutes. So that alone will be effective if you want to get into it by counting. There's many, many reasons for mantras. We're going to look Google mantra, Google the word mantra, M-A-N-T-R-A. I like to say mantra. There's many spiritual reasons. Usually a mantra is a Hindi word, or it could be any word, English or otherwise. But it's a word that makes you feel good. And traditionally, they used to use, they still use love. They use God in whatever language. Um, whatever feels good. You can just say to yourself on the in-breath, imagine you breathing in cool, cleansing air, and on the out-breath, love. You're charging yourself up on the in-breath, maybe with God energy, and you could see light building as God light. And on the out-breath, 
or love just spreading out through every single one of the trillions of cells and pores of your body just streaming forth. That's a, a very legitimate visualization. It borders on new age, but if you're including God, it's not new age. It's, it, it's, it's a good thing. So you can add a word as a mantra, if you will, that, that feels powerful, that feels right to you while you're following your breath rhythmically. Again, it's purely for a focal point. It's to set intention. Um, it will be reciprocated if, you, if you're sending out love, the intention of love, then you're also it's being returned. Einstein said everything moves in a great big circle and comes back and is returned again. So if you send out love, love is going to come back, for example. So I've just shared with you several techniques to get you going. I'd like to share with you Back in 1989, I received four meditation techniques. They're Hindi yogic based called knowledge. They were called knowledge back then. They were brought to North America by a great spiritual teacher. Um, and in 1970, um, this was relatively new to people. People knew the Maharishi um, who had educated the Beatles among other people. The Maharishi was responsible for the consciousness of America and the world for being educated to, to meditation, for bringing that to consciousness. A year or two later, another, another guru came, and they called him Maharaji back then. A lot of people who were followers or disciples of Maharaji still call him Maharaji, Guru Maharaji, or um, Maharaji, if you will. Uh, he goes by his real name nowadays. Google that if you want. Uh, I want you to do the research. That's in my current book as well, his four techniques. Um, I, I feel it's not correct to share the four techniques over the air um, in, in either my podcast or webcast. I'd rather you read it, and I'd rather you even get it directly from Araji one day. Uh, they are sacred, they are traditional, they are tens of thousands of years old. I'll briefly name uh, specifically what they are without giving away the techniques. We've actually covered them here. Um, one is called light. Uh, it's the first, now they call it the first technique. When you look up into your brow or third eye area and you, you begin eventually to see light, they call that light. You do something physiologically. Uh, to yourself. It's, it's akin to outer closure techniques. Google outer closure meditation techniques. Um, the second one is called sound or music. Traditionally, it's called music. Uh, again, you do something physiologically to yourself, uh, outer closure, if you will, and whatever sound or sounds come to you is the music of the spheres. It's the music of the universe. It's cosmic. Um, and the third technique is called nectar and um, that's very akin to when we were talking about the tongue in in hindi spiritual beliefs if you roll your tongue all the way back past your uvula it is said and it is believed this is tens again of thousands of years old um, and that you can taste the nectar that comes from the center of your brain or mind and drips down sort of like post nasal drip um, and, and the goal is in this lifetime to taste the nectar, the nectar of life. Um, I've done this technique for many, many years. It's, it's uncomfortable, but it is re um, relaxing. It creates a physiological effect uh, in the muscles in your throat and neck and heart, and it is very relaxing. It's one of the techniques I do everywhere. If I walk into a room or if I'm driving, I'll roll my tongue back, 
and focus on my breath while I'm driving. And oh, it's so relaxing. It's really, really cool. Um, the final technique is called the Holy Name. It's a mantra. Um, if you're a disciple of um, uh, this particular guru or any teacher, spiritual teacher, they will give you a mantra. It doesn't matter what it is, as uh, discussed before. And what's really, really cool is, as you're following your breath, in and out, in and out, and you've got your tongue back, and you're saying your mantra, whatever it is, we were given one specifically as a disciple of um, Mahari, uh, Maraji, rather. It's just a focal point, but it enhances. It amplifies love, it amplifies God, it amplifies the experience. Um, so I've touched on those four techniques, originally called knowledge, now they're called the four meditation techniques. Um, they're in my current book, The Fourfold Path to Enlightenment Under Mystical Meditation. So let's say you've been meditating a day, a few days, a week. Hopefully, you've been meditating at least to start 10 minutes a day, preferably 20 minutes. Um, if you want to break that up, do 10 minutes or 20 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes, 20 minutes at night. It's fantastic. That's all you need to do. As far as mystical meditation is concerned, over time, you will become one consciously with source. The symptoms, as previously discussed in other, my other videos, is a peace. Another symptom is contentment. Another symptom is joy, relaxation. It feels so good. Um, very, very traditionally, stepping aside from that, um, you may begin to see light as you're gazing in upon your brow or third eye area over time. Now, the initial light you will see is your own. It's your own energy, your own auric field, which is God or source anyway. But it'll... Generally speaking, and, and if you don't experience this, if you experience something else, whatever, it's all good. You may begin to experience a pinpoint, very, very bright, almost like a, a pinpoint of light. And it becomes so intense, it almost hurts, but it doesn't. And then over time, the more you meditate, this pinpoint of light grows a little bit larger. This is months. Um, we're not saying overnight or the next day, it's over six months to a year. That pinpoint grows, it becomes a little bit dimmer, but it's still there. And then in the middle of it, over time, of this light that appears this big, it's usually gold, but if it's white or whatever color, enjoy. Right in the middle of it is a pinpoint, another one is usually black. And so, over time, meditating daily and weekly and monthly and yearly, that light will grow bigger and will encompass your entire upper torso. If you want to combine um, focusing also on your heart or soul chakra, that's really cool too. You'll probably experience a light there and they'll merge and you'll have this whole experience. But for now, even if you just do that, you focus and if you see a light, your intention shouldn't be to experience anything, just to feel good, just to feel content. That way, your expectations, your conscious or otherwise expectations, won't hinder or block you from any experiences. So, symptoms that you're doing it right are, first of all, symptoms generally. So, let's say you're sitting, you're meditating, you're meditating. You might begin to squirm after a minute or two. As you enter into each conscious or rather unconscious area of your mind, and you will, you'll start to go deeper automatically. This isn't the conscious thing. 
So you close your eyes, you'll start to follow your breath, you look at the third eye area, you'll go down and you'll start to experience on some level or another each unconscious level of your mind as previously discussed. We won't go into that right now. And you'll feel a little bit uncomfortable, almost twitchy. Take the breath and continue. And a few minutes later, you may twitch again. As, as you pass each unconscious level of your mind, you'll have some kind of physiological response. Don't concern yourself with this. Don't try to delve deeper at this point. It's not your job. Your job is simply to enjoy meditation and the oneness it provides with higher mind or the universe. Next up, how do you know you've succeeded? What's going on? Troubleshooting. Um, basically, if you feel good during and after meditation, you're doing it right. You're feeling good, you're feeling more calm and relaxed. It's uh, manifesting or materializing, if you will, as you're being calmer, calmer driver. Maybe you've stopped biting your fingernails, etc. Um, over time, and this depends on the person's spiritual evolution and what they're meant to be doing in this um, particular lifetime, you may become more intuitive, you may become more psychic, you might be able to see things, visual, you know, they might just come to you. Don't concern yourself with this. There's a Buddhist believer saying that along the path to enlightenment, uh, up the ladder, you may get stuck on one of the rungs of the ladder, and that's the psychic thing. Just see it as exciting and interesting, because the psychic thing is only one level of your mind. It's only a very shallow level of your mind. It's nowhere near source at the very center of your mind. So don't get hung up on that. Be aware of it and let it go and continue breathing and meditating. I hope you're enjoying this. I'm so glad we could get a little bit more specific. Remember, practice your contact or mystical or higher consciousness meditation. It will serve you well on so many levels of your life. Peace and richest blessings until next time. Welcome to the Fourfold Path and Dr. Michael Leike's spiritual tools and technologies that will increase the quality of your life.